0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I ran down the street as fast as I could. I was wearing huge sunglasses and a hat with a wide brim. I put it all on so no one could see my face. I was in such a hurry that I didn't notice the curb in front of me. I tripped over him and fell right onto the pavement. The hat flew off my head, and the wind was carrying it somewhere in the distance. The glasses also flew off and ended up at the man's feet. He picked them up and held them out to me. I looked into his eyes. The man looked at me very long and intently. He wanted to say something. You're so beautiful. But before he could speak, his legs buckled, and he fell, unconscious. I whispered in a quiet voice, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Then shouted to the passersby, somebody call an ambulance. And I put on my glasses and ran away. I wanted to lock myself in my room and never come out so as not to hurt anyone else. Hi, my name is Irma and I kill people with my beauty. I know how weird this sounds, but let me explain it to you. People used to not die when they saw me. It all started in high school when the chubby cheeks disappeared and the cheekbones appeared. The eyes have become more expressive, hair as long and silky as a shampoo commercial. I got a nice waistline, and other metamorphoses have changed my body. I rejoiced, of course, and constantly admired myself in the mirror. But then strange things started happening in my presence. As I walked down the school hallway, everyone turned around and looked at me. One day, Jacob, after looking at me, didn't notice that he stepped on someone's skateboard left in the schoolyard he waved his hands helplessly and collapsed flat on the pavement right on his back that same day steven while staring at me forgot to take a pass and the basketball flew right into the guy's face so another person went straight to the emergency room i had to admit that even the girls were acting weird when they saw me All of this was really hurting my self-esteem. In the evening, I was sitting in my room when someone called my dad. After talking on the phone, he came up to me, and I sensed something was wrong. By the way, my charm had no effect on my parents. Maybe they're just used to it. Mom came into the room with Dad. She was holding something white in her hands. The parents looked at each other and sighed heavily. We were hoping it wouldn't come to that. With these words, my mother held out to me what she was holding in her hands medical mask what's that for i asked are we having another pandemic dad smiled sadly it looks like it and you're in the middle of it now you have to wear a mask when you leave the house i'm not wearing that then you won't be leaving this house anymore either my mother gave me a hard look we don't want anyone else to get hurt she added all i did in response was growl something like a wild cat i knew they were right about something so she grabbed the damn mask and turned away, unable to cope with her emotions. The next morning, as I was told, I put the mask on and took a long look at my reflection in the mirror. I looked like some kind of teenage horror movie maniac. The school noticed it too, by the way. Guys were pointing their fingers at me and called me maniac, psycho, and crazy. And I put up with all this humiliation, but one episode did make me mad. In class, my classmate Jane took a hit on me. She started accusing me. You just want to draw more attention to yourself. With those words, she grabbed a hold of the mask and tried to rip it off me. Let go! I shouted, holding onto the mask. But Jane abruptly yanked it off my head. Immediately upon seeing my face, the girl lost her balance, fell and hit her head hard against the wall. The classmates couldn't even move. They were so shocked. A teacher entered the room, and I immediately shouted at him. Jane needs help! Call an ambulance! He jumped out of the office, and soon a nurse showed up. I was looking at poor Jane, and I knew it was all my fault. I put the damn mask back on, and I rushed home in despair. I flew into the bedroom and locked the door. In the evening, my father knocked on my room. Baby, are you there? I sat on my bed, my face covered by the same mask. The school called. Dad opened the door. What about Jane? She has a mild concussion, but they said she'll be fine. I threw myself into my dad's arms. It's all because of me. I'll never take the mask off again. But my father didn't say anything back. He was afraid for me and the people around me. I kept my word and kept the mask on all year. Here, look, it's a photo of my high school graduation. I'm still wearing the mask. Then I left and went to college. And when I first walked into the auditorium, all my classmates and the professor were shocked. Everyone was wondering why I was wearing a mask. But unlike the high school kids, the students weren't as mean and no one bullied me. Although I have to say, no one was friends with me until one day, someone knocked on my room. I opened the door and saw a good-looking guy. Irma, do you happen to have any salt? How do you know my name? Actually, you and I are in the same group. I'm Trevor. I seem to have detached myself from people so much that I've stopped noticing them at all. I gave Trevor salt. He hesitated for a moment, then asked, I'm making pasta. Why don't you come over for lunch? At this point, my stomach started rumbling treacherously. Yeah, I think I will. I smiled awkwardly. As I closed the door, I remembered my mask and the prospect of eating pizza right in it. Oh my god, what was I thinking? I sat with Trevor for hours, And the whole time, we were just talking. He made it very easy for me. I can't say the same for the pasta. What an ordeal, I tell you. Eventually, Trevor and I became friends. I spent all my free time with him. And he never asked me about the mask. Before that incident at the rooftop party, Trevor and I stepped to the side where no one was around. The night sky was illuminated by a bright moon. Trevor touched the mask. I didn't resist. He lifted it slightly to expose my lips. And then he kissed me softly. It was beautiful. Because it was the first time I'd ever kissed a guy I liked so much. But then Trevor grabbed the corner of the mask and began gently pulling away. Then I stopped him and said, No need, please. Don't be afraid. I won't run away. Really. I'm afraid of hurting you. Harm? He almost burst out laughing. When people see my face, something bad happens to them. But this is bullshit. I knew even Trevor wouldn't understand my secret, so I pushed him off and headed home. Trevor didn't follow me. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw him sigh heavily and lean against the railing of the balcony. He was very dear to me, and I decided that I'd do anything for him. The next day, I was already standing in the waiting room of the plastic surgery clinic. I was invited into the doctor's office. He was in a good mood and swayed slightly in his chair. I want you to make me uglier. Huh? Girl, you usually come here to get pretty. Because of my beauty, I have to wear this mask. I don't understand. Show me what you've got there. I pulled the mask off with a sharp movement, and that was my mistake. Seeing my face, the doctor froze for a second, forgetting his balancing chair. In the very next instant, he lost his balance and flipped over with a rumble. Not only did the doc go down, He also caught the wire with his foot, and a huge monitor flew off the table following him. What a bummer. Same here. I, as usual, called for help. After making sure the doctor seemed okay, I snuck out of the clinic. Coming home, I realized that I would have to wear this mask on my face for the rest of my life. I went up to my room, locked it, and I didn't come out of there for days. There was a knock on the door. It's me, Trevor. Why don't you get it? I didn't answer anything, pretending I wasn't there. I made some pasta. Okay, I'll leave it under the door. I waited until the sound of footsteps died down. Then I carefully opened the door and took the plate. I was so hungry, I didn't even chew. Now Trevor was bringing me food in the morning, afternoon, and evening, which came in handy because my fridge was completely empty. One day, he knocked again. Dinner is served, Trevor shouted. The familiar retreating footsteps sounded and I opened the door to get the treat. But to my surprise, there he was at the doorstep. I wanted to slam the door shut, but Trevor was already holding it tight. You tricked me! It's a forced measure! Trevor swung the door open and walked into the room. I jumped into bed and hid under the covers. Trevor began to look around. He opened the curtains and tore the towel off the mirror, which I draped up so I couldn't see my murderous face. What a mess. It's okay. I'll help you clean it up. Go away! I shouted from under the covers. I can't. I promised the guys that you and I would come to the hockey game tonight. You're crazy! I'm not going anywhere! You haven't left your room in a week! Trevor grabbed the blanket and pulled it off me. I squirmed on the bed like a kitten. I have nothing to wear! I tried to protest weakly. Trevor pulled out a hoodie with her hockey team logo on it. There's even a hoodie to hide in, too. He winked. He was right, because I'm not going to sit here forever. I reluctantly got up and put on my hoodie. An hour later, we were already sitting in the stands of the stadium. Our college team confidently attacked our opponent on the ice. One nifty shot, and we're in the lead. Our vortex roared and began to applaud. I too began to shout loudly and clap my hands, forgetting about caution. And that's when I felt Trevor rip my mask off. And as luck would have it, the match cameraman's camera was pointed at me. I saw my face close up on a giant screen. The clapping and whistling in the stands fell silent for a few seconds. And then the wave of noise rose with renewed vigor. Only now the audience applauded me. And I was looking around. And I was afraid half these people were about to fall out of their chairs or somehow else get hurt. But for some reason, that didn't happen. Trevor stared at me for a long moment, unable to say a word. And then the screen lit up with a kissing camera. Then I pulled Trevor towards me and kissed him. You're very pretty. I don't understand why you had to hide your face under a mask. I was still looking around, waiting for some kind of accident to happen. But no, nothing terrible happened. I had my reasons, but I'm not wearing that stupid mask anymore. I threw it onto the floor and stomped on it with anger. This turning point got me thinking, you know, I remembered all the situations I've been in and I realized that I'm really grabbing attention with my looks, but I'm not to blame for the misfortunes that have befallen people. It was all due to their carelessness. After all, I didn't make them step on a skateboard or swing on a chair. Simple coincidences have ruined my life. My environment is already used to me, and I feel comfortable with my friends. But I still wear glasses and a cap on the street. For someone to be distracted by me, didn't run into a polar slip. That's my story. Don't let simple accidents ruin your life. Bye!
1: My thumbs flew over the controller at lightning speed as I battled my coworker Andy, while everyone else cheered from the sides. How did you get that level up? Where have you learned these moves? from the deep, dark corners of the internet, my friend. And I'm about to own your butt. With that, I unleashed my final secret move and blew up the enemy. You're a loser, I'm a winner, your mama's buying me chicken dinner. Suddenly, there was pin drop silence, and I turned around to face the dragon store manager, AKA Andy's mom. You have 10 seconds to clear up this mess and get back to your jobs. Or
0: you're on fire!
1: Hi, my name's Ellie. I'm a computer expert, gamer, hacker, and overall top-notch geek. I led a very exciting life in the virtual realm, but in the real world, my life was pretty average, until one day, Everything changed. Yeah, we say that a lot around here, don't we? But before I continue, please like and subscribe. Ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed with computers. And by the time I was 12, I was writing code, developing software, and even doing some basic hacking. And I was addicted to video games. I thought I was cool, but that was not a popular opinion. By the time I reached high school, I was pretty much used to having a seat at the outcast table, and things weren't much different at home. I was raised by my single mom, who was my polar opposite. She was a social butterfly who loved throwing lavish parties for her wealthy friends and was always trying to set me up with her sons. A nightmare. Mom, can I go to my room? I ate too many dumplings earlier. I don't feel so good. You're not fooling me, Ellie. See that boy over there? He's single and very rich. Go talk to him. That boy played football at my school, and he was surrounded by some popular girls, and I walked over. Hi, uh, I, uh, oh God, save yourselves. Then I threw up all over the boy in the head cheerleader. Of course, I was a laughing stock in school the next day, and I started hiding out in the library. One day, I was playing a game when I got an invite to a virtual treasure hunt with a huge cash prize. The disclaimer read, only super smart, hardcore gamers need apply. It was like someone was describing me. I breezed through each challenge, but when I got to the last level, my computer suddenly froze, and then it became lifeless. No! This was just the beginning of a series of unfortunate events. Soon after my 18th birthday, Mom suddenly fell really sick. The doctors ran a million tests and gave her expensive treatments, but nothing was working. And we had a ton of medical bills we couldn't pay because Mom's credit cards were all overdrawn.
2: We're poor and I'm sick. Find a rich man so you can have a good life.
1: How am I supposed to do that? Boys don't even notice me.
2: We're poor. Find a rich man. A rich man, find my daughter. What did I say?
1: Daughter, find rich? My man? I mean, um. <laughs> Fine. A rich m- man. And then, my mom slipped into a coma. My life turned around 180 degrees. I had no idea when mom would be okay. I was drowning in debt. My grades were suffering. And I felt so alone. But then one day, as I was leaving my work shift, a strange man came running to me and shoved a device in my hand, then fled the scene.
3: You've been selected for a top secret mission. This message will self-destruct in 30 seconds.
1: I read the details fast. I'd make a ton of money and work with computers and security systems all day. Was this for real? My life was at rock bottom anyway so it was worth finding out. I accepted, and a second before the time ran out, I tossed the device into the air, and it exploded. What in the Mission Impossible? And the next day, I was whisked away in a private jet to a state-of-the-art facility with a dozen computer geeks. All day, we worked on hacking software, computer codes, and sophisticated simulations. We were given board and lodging, too, and for the first time, I was with people I had something in common with. A week later, I was busy working at my desk when this guy a few years old than me walked in, and I felt like the Matrix had glitched. Like, I was Ellie in a parallel dimension where it was possible for Ellie to fall in love with a boy at first sight. And he was like a young Keanu Reeves, but with spectacles. So hot. I don't remember the part where I floated away from my seat, but suddenly I found myself standing in front of him.
3: Can I help you?
1: Uh, maybe I can help you. I'm very helpful. Help me help you. What? Sorry, let me... I just poked myself in the eye. (laughs) Uh, let me introduce myself. Hi, I'm Smelly. I mean, Ellie. It's short for Eleanor or Elena or Elaine. I extended my hand and as he shook it, I screamed.
3: What? What happened?
1: Oh, it's not your fault. That was just a very firm handshake, and I have a very low threshold for pain. Like, really. I once fainted when an apple fell from a tree and hit my head. It wasn't even a hard apple. Like, it was rotten and squishy, but he walked away while I was still talking. That's the head of the company, girl. Oh, my gigabytes. This demigod was my boss? His name was Liam Finch. He could solve any problem, crack any code, and he looked amazing while doing it. I had such a giant, stupid crush on him. And I couldn't help recalling mom's words about finding a rich man for a better life. Liam looked and smelled expensive. I had to get him to ask me out, and I turned to Ask Brain 2 for helpful tips. The next day, I turned up to work in a tight, short dress, and I'd made sure to apply plenty of tanning lotion to look like those gorgeous models I'd seen online. All eyes were on me, and I was sure to have the same effect on Liam.
3: Before we start this meeting, I have to ask Emmy Are you having a reaction to something?
1: Emmy, speak up, whoever you are. The boss is asking you something. Oh, wait, you meant me. It's Ellie. <laughs> and, uh, no, I- I'm good.
3: I think you should go to the bathroom. There's some anti allergy medicine in the first aid kit there.
1: This wasn't the reaction I'd expected, but when I looked at myself in the mirror, I screamed. The tanning lotion had turned so orange, I looked like a radioactive carrot. The next day, I came to work wearing huge fake eyelashes, but those stupid things made my eyes feel heavy and I couldn't stop blinking. Later in the cafeteria, one of my co-workers came up to me as I waited in the lunch line, and he had some ketchup on his upper lip.
2: Hey, Ellie, I, I saw you in the meeting
1: today... Um, okay. I saw you too, buddy. But first, you got something right here. Out of nowhere, the guy pulled me close and planted a moist kiss on my lips. I pushed him away and punched him hard.
3: <laughs> Ellie, what the heck? First you keep winking at me all through the meeting, and then you ask me to kiss
1: you, and then you hit me? Excuse me, what? He kicked up a huge fuss to Liam about being assaulted, and then he quit.
3: That was one of our best coders and you've made him leave!
1: Well, he hit me first. Like, I mean, he was hitting on me and it was gross.
3: Are you sure? Why would anyone want to hit on you?
1: Um, why wouldn't anyone want to do that? But Liam just walked away without replying. A couple of days later, Liam threw a small farewell party for his secretary, Jessica. She was so annoyingly model-like, and I couldn't be happier to see her leave. Hey, Jessie, I'm really sad you're leaving. Want me to help you pack? I'm very helpful. Uh, wait, isn't that a company paperweight? No, it's mine. I brought it from home. I'm pretty sure it belongs to the office. But hey, it's just a paperweight. Are you calling me a thief? Why don't I just take that from you? We won't mention this to anyone. Give it back to me, you witch! It's not yours, Jesse! You're robbing the boss blind! As we both pulled at the paperweight, I suddenly lost my balance and let go, and it went flying straight into Jessica's perfect fake nose!
3: Emmy, what's the matter with you? Do you think I care if my secretary takes a useless paperweight from the office?
1: I was just trying to do the right thing, sir.
3: The right thing would be to stop injuring my employees.
1: The next morning, I gave myself a pep talk in the staff room before work. Okay, the last few days have been bad, Ellie but today's a new day to show everyone what a cool, brilliant chick you are. You got this, girl. Now show yourself some self-love. I kissed my reflection, but when I opened my eyes, I was horrified to see Liam standing behind me.
3: Can you please keep things professional and practice your makeout skills in private? Which, I might add, need a substantial amount of work. Jeez.
1: What? No, 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 that's not what it was. Oh, god. This was almost as bad as the day mom went into a coma. The next day, while I was busy coding, I couldn't help thinking about my makeout skills. I turned to my trusty advisor, Google. But when I opened up the first link, some kind of virus popped up on everyone's screens. Your system is under attack and will be immediately destroyed. Goodbye. And then every screen went blank. There was a wave of shocked silence across the room.
3: Who the heck opened an insecure link?
1: I felt about as small as an ant. I am so sorry, Liam. It was a, a small error of judgment.
3: Small error? Your small error may have catastrophic consequences for our national security.
1: Sorry, what? I thought this was a private security company.
3: I recruited people I believed I could train to be the very best. Because every code we write and every firewall we construct has massive importance. But you've caused a major breach. And now I have to fix your mess. And I was clearly wrong about you. You don't belong here. Pack your things. You're going home tomorrow morning. And it's not Liam. It's Mr. Finch. I felt
1: like I'd been punched in the stomach. This place was the most at home I'd ever felt, and I'd really screwed things up. The next morning, I was going to the office to turn in my employee card. When I stopped short, the building had been sealed and was surrounded by police officers, and my coworkers were being arrested. They slipped away quickly, my heart racing. What the heck was going on? The only thing I could think of was finding Liam if he hadn't been arrested already too. I made my way to his place and rang the buzzer a few times, but no one answered. Then I overrode the code of the security lock and the door clicked open. I'd just taken a few steps in when someone leapt at me and pushed me to the ground. And I found Liam on top of me with a chopstick.
3: Emmy, how did you get in? And why do you know where I live? It's a top secret location.
1: We we sell that lock at the store where I worked at before, so I'm very familiar with the software. And I, uh, hacked your smartwatch to track your whereabouts a few weeks ago. Just for fun, I swear. See, smartwatches aren't actually that smart. They should be kinda called dumb watches. Also, were you gonna poke my eye out with a chopstick?
3: Get up! Why are you even here?
1: Because I went to the office and everyone was getting arrested!
3: Well, it's all your fault. What? Since our security systems were down after you downloaded that virus, something invaluable was stolen from us last night. And now, we're all in big trouble, and I have to go into hiding.
1: you are leaving? Will I ever see you again?
3: Unlikely. You've ruined everything. Just go home.
1: Look, Mr. Finch, this is ridiculous. There are plenty of problems in your security system that I've been studying for the past few weeks and someone would have figured those out sooner or later anyway. So stop blaming me and please tell me what's going on. Also, why is it so hard for a genius like you to remember that my name is Ellie? Liam looked surprised at my outburst and just as he was about to speak, we heard cars screeching outside.
3: The police are here for me, I gotta go.
1: Whoa, whoa, wait, I'm coming with you. I can't survive jail or torture. I told you, I have a very low threshold for pain.
3: Oh God, just shut up.
1: Liam grabbed my hand and led me to the kitchen, where he opened a trap door in the floor and started climbing down, and I followed. Dark, narrow spaces. I hate dark, narrow spaces. I'll die if a mouse jumps on me. We ran through an underground passageway, climbed up another ladder and out of a gutter hole and onto a main street several blocks away. Liam dashed towards a car, and we jumped in, but just as we were driving off, several police cars came to a stop in front of us. Wow, we managed to escape for all of two minutes. Okay, Mr. Finch, Liam, whatever. If I never see you again, I just want to say that you're the most beautiful. Suddenly, Liam hit the pedal hard and started driving in reverse like a maniac. Oh my god, what are you doing? I'm too young to die. I've spent all my life behind computer screens. I haven't seen the world. I've never even been on a beach. You know what? I'll go to jail. You can drop me off anywhere convenient. Ah! Liam took a sharp turn into a street, avoiding a truck by half an inch. He turned the car around 180 degrees and started driving even faster. They saw two black cars hot on her tail.
3: Emmy, I need you to get a freaking grip and tell me the coordinates of the city's main bridge. We're going to be jumping off of it. You can swim, right?
1: Of course I can't swim! I'm terrified of water! That's why I've never been to a beach! We're not jumping off any bridge, you psycho!
3: Can you please do what I'm saying and just trust me? There's a life jacket under the seat. Strap that on and find me the bridge. Now!
1: With shaking fingers, I located the bridge and fed the coordinates into the car's GPS.
3: Undo your seatbelt and when I say go, open the car door. Your seat will automatically eject and you'll land in the water. Don't panic. You're wearing a life vest, and I'll get to you quickly. You ready?
1: I've never been... less ready... for anything... in my life!
3: Okay, then. Go!
1: Liam swerved the car off the bridge and into the air. My seat ejected immediately, and I landed headfirst into the water. Before I could panic completely, Liam swam over to me swiftly, grabbed me by the waist, and pulled me onto the shore. We ran down some docks where Liam found an unlocked car and we sped away in it. I was too shocked to even speak anymore. Liam drove us out of the city to some abandoned warehouse where we were let in by an elegant older woman.
2: Hello, Agent Skywalker. I was expecting you to be
3: alone. So was I. Agatha, trust me, this wasn't part of the plan
1: all right all right i've had enough can you tell me what's going on agent skywalker liam finally told me that he was a cia agent who had been assigned the task of recruiting a special security team to protect the government databases and national secrets
3: but there's another cia agent who has gone rogue and yesterday she broke into our facility and stole the key to a new weapon the government's developing and she's framed me for the theft now everyone thinks i'm a traitor Luckily, the key's heavily encrypted, but someone will break the code soon, and I have to get it back before they do. It's the only way to clear my name. That's why I couldn't let myself get arrested. And Agatha here's an old friend. She's the only one I can trust right now.
1: So... what's the next plan of action?
3: I have a fairly good idea where the rogue agent took that key. So I'm going there, and you will stay here.
1: Look... I can hardly believe I'm saying this after the horrible day I've had, but I think you should take me with you. I'm a really good coder and hacker, and I can help. I'm very helpful, actually. I just haven't had a chance to...
3: Okay, then. Let's go.
1: What? Now? I thought you'd offer me some food first, and I wouldn't mind a nap.
2: Now! Uh, Wait, Agent Skywalker. Aren't you forgetting something? What? You know, the thing...
3: Agatha, I really don't have time for riddles, so just say it.
2: Okay, you're forgetting your lucky underwear from your Star Wars collection, the one you always wear before an important mission? I looked at
1: Liam's face and burst out laughing. <laughs> lucky underwear? Oh my god. Oh jeez, I think I peed my pants. <laughs> Oops, I really did. Um, can I get some underwear too, please? According to Liam, the key was eye highly secure facility inside a toothpaste factory. The only way we could get in was to wear employee uniforms and hide in the back of one of the company trucks taking some supplies inside. Dark, confined spaces. I hate dark, confined spaces.
3: Why don't you try distracting yourself?
1: Sure. Why don't you help me do that? Why was Agatha calling you Agent Skywalker because of your lucky underwear?
3: It's just one of my many names.
1: Is Liam your real name? No. So what is your real name?
3: I'm obviously not gonna tell you.
1: Okay, then. Do you tell your girlfriends your real name?
3: Depends. I haven't dated in a while, especially after what happened with the last one.
1: Why? What happened?
3: None of your business.
1: Let me guess, she couldn't put up with your cold heart anymore, or she found out you're lying about your identity and thought you're a cheater. Oh, no, wait, I've got it. Some enemy of yours killed her. (laughs) Liam went quiet, and my heart suddenly sank. Oh, my God, no! She really died? Uh,
3: I couldn't save her, Ellie.
1: I'm sorry, Liam. I'm so sorry. That's so tragic. And it also explains why you're a cold-hearted robot now. I mean, this kind of stuff changes a person.
3: Geez, why are you so gullible? I'm a CIA agent. I'm trained to convincingly lie about anything.
1: That was a joke? Dude, that's just mean.
3: Well, if you still want a sob story, she did betray me. My ex is the rogue agent, and she's the one who stolen the key and framed me. Are you happy now?
1: Oh, wow. That's a lot. So, how do you feel about it?
3: Like, I just want you to be quiet now.
1: I silently processed everything I'd just heard, but after a few minutes, I started feeling anxious again. I wish I was special. So very special. But I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. What am I doing here? I don't belong here.
3: Please, please stop. You're sucking up the limited oxygen in here.
1: You're not the boss of me. Well, you were, but then you fired me, remember? And since you won't talk to me, I'm gonna sing. How are you gonna make me shut up, huh?
3: I can think of at least one way.
1: Suddenly, Liam moved closer and put his hands on my face. Oh my god, was he about to kiss me? Just then, the truck jolted to a halt, and Liam pushed me away. Rude! We quietly slipped out and made our way to the entrance. We scanned the fake IDs Agatha had given us, and we were inside the building. Liam had the building's blueprints, and he led the way to the surveillance room. We peeked inside to see a security guard observing the screens, and Liam quietly crept up to him. Just then, my nose started itching like crazy, and I tried desperately not to sneeze. The guard turned around, and Liam punched him hard in the face, then stabbed him with a tranquilizer!
3: (gasps) Why do you look like you're gonna be sick? I've only put him to sleep.
1: Oh, I know. I'm just terrified of needles. I think I told you, I have…
3: Yeah, yeah. A very low threshold for pain, I remember. Okay, we gotta check all the rooms in this place. There's gotta be a team working hard to decode that key.
1: We scanned all the screens, but it seems like there was hardly anyone in the building. Just then, I spotted an empty room with only a glass case in the center. Liam, do you think the key's in that vault?
3: Yeah, it looks like it. Listen, Ellie, I need you to hack into their system and find out whatever you can about the security measures in that vault. I'm gonna be by the door to keep an eye out.
1: You got it. I was totally lost in my work, when suddenly, my eyes flitted to one of the screens. Um, Liam, what did you say your ex-girlfriend looked like?
3: I don't think I said anything.
1: Would you say she's a skinny supermodel type with lovely blonde hair, a perfect jawline, and very, very long legs?
3: Yeah? Why?
1: Well, if we don't scram out of here in the next three minutes, I think you're about to be reunited with your ex. She's coming this way! Liam grabbed my hand and we ran out and down the corridor like crazy. Suddenly, security alarms started blaring all over the building.
3: I guess she found the unconscious guard in the surveillance room. Ellie, why have you stopped running?
1: I... I'm so out of breath. I'm a computer person on my butt all day. Not used to running. Suddenly, Liam swept me up like a sack of potatoes, flung me over his shoulder, and started running again. All the entrances were being sealed, and Liam managed to get through the last one seconds before it slammed shut. We went rolling onto the ground, then got up quickly and sprinted as some guards chased us. As soon as we got outside the gates, a car screeched to a stop in front of us.
2: Get in!
3: Hurry!
1: Yet another narrow escape. Was the mission successful?
3: Far from it. We didn't manage to get the information we needed to break into the vault where the key's being kept.
1: What are you talking about? I downloaded every single piece of information on their system in this flash drive. This one. N- no, wait, <laughs> not this one either. It's the neon green one. It's my favorite. Aha, here you go.
3: What? Oh my god, Ellie. You're amazing.
1: He pulled me into a hug, and I was so startled that I didn't even hug him back. I wanted to kick myself for this wasted opportunity. And when we got back to the safe house, I crashed onto my bed like a malfunctioned hard drive. I was exhausted, but I kept having nightmares, and at some point, I woke up in a cold sweat. Just then, I screamed to see a dark shadow hovering over me, and I punched it hard. Ow! Liam, what are you doing here?
3: You were shouting in your sleep. I was just checking on you.
1: Aw, you came to see if I was okay?
3: Well, that's too much to hope for. I already know you're unhinged. Jeez, I think you've broken my nose.
1: What, with these jelly arms? Come on, don't be a baby. A baby could punch harder than me.
3: I'm not being a baby. Since you're finally up, let me show you what we found from that information you got.
1: Agatha and Liam then proceeded to tell me that we didn't need to break into the vault. Apparently, they'd discovered a foreign delegation was visiting the embassy in two days for a big event, and the stolen key would be exchanged there.
2: The rogue agent, Princess Leia, will be disguised as a journalist. She will be secretly handing it over to this undercover foreign-
1: Whoa, hold on! Your ex-girlfriend's codename is Princess Leia? Oh, now I get why you're Agent Skywalker. (laughs) That's
3: really cheesy. Can you focus on what's actually important?
2: Leia might recognize you, Liam, even in disguise. I can get you in the building as the kitchen staff. But we need to send someone else in as a guest. Preferably a pretty harmless-looking girl who can get close enough to the arms dealer to find out when the exchange is happening.
3: I'm not sure I can. Wait, Ellie, you're a girl.
1: Gee, thanks for finally noticing. She's not a trained agent, it's
3: too dangerous.
1: Yeah, man, stop putting me in danger!
3: You'll just be like any other guest at the event, and I'll be close by and constantly in touch with you. Please, Ellie. This is my last chance before the key leaves the country.
1: Okay, okay, fine.
3: You can act like a cute, flirty girl, right?
1: I'm used to my mother throwing me at rich guys, so yeah, I have some practice.
2: You should be prepared for anything. You know, once I was working the field, I had to kiss a Mafia boss to distract him.
3: It brought down his whole operation. She's not very good in that department, Agatha. I've seen her practicing in a mirror.
1: That's not what I was doing! Look, I'm a pretty good kisser, okay?
3: Well, it's an important skill any undercover agent should have. So, prove it.
1: Prove it? How?
3: You could
2: just kiss me, duh.
1: What, like, right now? Is that really necessary?
2: Maybe she just finds you ugly, Agent Skywalker.
1: I didn't say that. I mean, who would find him ugly? He's very good looking. That's just a fact. Like, I'm sure even a lesbian would find him attractive.
3: Then it's just your bad kissing skills stopping you, I guess. Let's hope you don't need to use them.
1: You know what, man? Just shut up. I suddenly grabbed Liam and kissed him hard. He kissed me back, and my brain exploded with fireworks.
3: Uh, Well, that was not half bad. It was good. Great, even. Yeah, she'll be fine. I, um... I'm gonna get some more coffee.
2: I'm proud of you, kid.
1: Two days later, as I was getting ready for the event, I felt sick with anxiety. Just then, someone knocked gently, and Liam walked in.
3: Wow, you clean up nice. I mean, uh, your dress is pretty.
1: I think I'm gonna barf all over it soon.
3: Don't be so nervous. I won't let anything happen to you. Here's your earpiece. It has a tracker in there.
1: I'm just not cut out for this, Liam.
3: I'm not so sure about that. Do you know anything about your dad, Ellie?
1: My dad? No, I don't. He left when I was just a few months old.
3: Yeah, because he was an undercover CIA agent too. What?! Your dad was one of the best agents in the field and he was brilliant with computers. He's not around anymore, but he served his country well. And finding you wasn't just a coincidence. We've been keeping an eye on you, and you proved you have his skills when you crossed every level on that treasure hunt game we sent you. So maybe you are meant for all this. It's in your blood.
1: You You've met my dad?
3: Yeah, once. You have his eyes too.
1: He tucked my hair behind my ear and gave me a warm smile, and my heart nearly fell out of my chest. Just then, Agatha walked in, saying the car was ready. At the event, I was looking everywhere for the arms dealer, and I finally spotted him. Just then, a tall, dark girl with glasses approached him and whispered something in his ear, and they both started walking out of the hall. Princess Leia is on the move. I think the exchange is happening now.
3: Follow them to see where they're going. I'll come after you.
1: I rushed out of the hall and saw them going down a corridor. They walked to the end of it and entered the room on the left. I inched closer, and as I tried peeking through the door, I suddenly lost my balance and fell inside. And all eyes turned to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was the bathroom. Sorry, sorry. You can continue with whatever you were doing. Not so fast, girl. Ow, ow, that hurts.
3: Hey, maybe it was just a mistake. She seems like a harmless little girl.
1: Oh, really? Is that why she's wearing an earpiece? That? That's my hearing aid. Who do you work for? What? I can't hear you. Look, we can't do the exchange right now. This place is probably surrounded by federal agents. Leave immediately. I will create a distraction. And you go. You're staying here. Sit down. I plopped my butt into a chair as the girl took out a laptop and started typing like crazy. Whatcha you doing? You know, I'm very good at computers. Do you need any help? Oh, I'm just activating an explosive device linked to this laptop that will go off in five minutes and blow up half of this place. So that should create a nice distraction. What? I gotta run, babe. It was nice meeting you. Ciao. She then ran out of the room and locked it from outside. Oh my god! I stood frozen in panic, staring at the screen, seeing my life flash before my eyes. But then somehow, I managed to muster some courage. Okay, okay. Calm down, Emmy. I mean, Ellie, it's just a laptop. Any software can be overwritten. Anything can be decoded. You can do this. You got this, girl. I tried everything I knew, but nothing was working. And then I had a brainwave. I opened Google and typed in the website from where I downloaded the virus at work. I clicked on it, and the screen turned red. Your system is under attack and will be immediately destroyed now. Goodbye. And then the laptop went blank. I'd actually done it. Oh my god. I collapsed to the floor, and just then the door burst open and Liam pulled me into his arms.
3: Ellie, are you okay? Leia took your earpiece, and I ended up following her instead.
1: Did you manage to stop her? Did you get the key?
3: Yeah, I did. Agatha hadn't told me before, but she'd call in the other agents to help. And I'm really glad. We needed it. Leia's under arrest, and so's the arms dealer.
1: That's amazing! And Liam, did you know that I just defused a very large explosive device and saved many lives?
3: You did what?
1: Federal agents evacuated the embassy and scanned the entire building, and found the device that had been linked to the laptop.
3: You're a hero, Ellie. Seriously. You're the smartest girl I've ever met. I'm hiring you back immediately. We can train you to be a field agent.
1: That's very kind of you, but I'd actually like to go home. Earlier today, I got a message from the hospital that my mom's out of her coma. She's been asking for me.
3: Oh wow, that's great news. But you can come back when she's better, right?
1: You know what? I don't think so. Yeah, my dad was an agent, but I'm not meant for this life of high stress, crippling anxiety, and close calls. I'm just an ordinary nerd who's happy behind a computer screen.
3: Okay, no field agent. Just a desk job then. Ellie, I'm trying to say something here. I would personally like you to stick around. Maybe we can even go out for dinner sometimes. I owe you a decent meal.
1: Look, Liam, it's not exactly a secret that I've had a giant crush on you since we met. But the truth is, I don't have a crush on the real you, because I don't know the real you, and I probably never will. I mean, what's your real name? Liam just looked at me silently. Yeah, I thought so. But I get it, you're meant for this life, and it suits you. But it's not for me. Just one thing can I take this dress with me?
3: It's all yours.
1: I extended my hand and he shook it gently. Then I got into the car waiting for me and left. Back at home, I was overjoyed to see mom doing well. And with my large paycheck, I was able to take care of all our bills and then some. Oh my daughter, we're rich. Did you find rich man? No, Mom, I worked very hard for this money, and I'm in charge of the finances now. But to celebrate Mom's recovery, I decided to throw her one lavish party with all her friends at Christmas. And I was trying not to zone out of a very boring conversation with some rich dumb jock, when suddenly the doorbell rang. Liam, what are you doing here? It's Norman. Huh? What's Norman?
3: My real name!
1: Oh, Norman! Ouch, that's not a cool name, dude.
3: I know that! Listen, Ellie, I miss you, okay? You're crazy and you talk a lot, and you're an awful singer. There's never a dull moment with you around, because you're also smart and beautiful and adorable. And I tried to keep a cold front because I didn't want to get too close, but despite my best efforts, I can't stop thinking about you. You're anything but ordinary. So yeah, my real name's Norman, and I'm willing to tell you more if you agree to go out with me.
1: I'm not even your type. Evil long legs Barbie is your type.
3: Not anymore. Geeky Jelly Arms Computer Nerd is my type now.
1: And then he pulled me into a kiss. you're like my boyfriend now
3: I like the sound of that
1: can I tell my mom you're rich
3: I am rich like really rich
1: perfect mom I found a rich man
0: easy to go from a model daughter to a traitor to your own family especially if you're offered crazy money for it hi my name is lizzie and i became incredibly rich in the blink of an eye my story began when i was six years old i remember waking up in the middle of the night because of a noise it came out of the room and i saw that the lights on the first floor were on as i got closer to the stairs i noticed dad He held the flashlight in one hand and opened the basement door with the other. Finally, the lock gave way. Dad went inside and closed the door. I wondered what he was doing there at night. I went down the stairs, and she had already gone to the door and was about to grab the handle to turn it. But at that very moment, the door creaked open, and Dad appeared in front of me. He asked irritably, Liz, what are you doing here? I wonder where you went. Oh. It's a big secret, shh. Then he took me in his arms. Now it's time for bed. He carried me to my bedroom. I looked at the secret room and wondered what he was hiding there. 12 years had passed since then and I'd forgotten all about the secret room in the basement. We lived like a normal family. We didn't eat caviar for breakfast, but we didn't eat leftovers either. I, like all high school students who were about to graduate, thought about going to university. That wasn't the case with my twin brother. Tommy had already failed all his exams and might not even dream of getting in. I woke up that day and immediately went down to the kitchen. There, my parents and my brother were already waiting for me and a birthday cake with 18 candles. Yes, it was my and Tommy's birthday. We blew out the candles together. Dad raised his glass and then turned to Tommy. You're 18 now, son. So today, I'm going to tell you our family secret." That's when I couldn't stand it and intervened. What about me? I want to know what you keep in that basement, too. Dad's face changed. Unfortunately, no, baby. This secret is passed from father to son. My father told it to me, and his father told it to him, and my father's father told it to his father, and my father's father's father. I got it. I interrupted him. Everyone looked at me with surprise. My father took my hand and said sympathetically, It was the will of my ancestors. Then he and his brother left. The ancestors willed it? What's that supposed to mean anyway? My mother, seeing the anger and indignation on my face said, I was angry at first too, but then realized that family harmony was more important to me and I put it out of my mind. But I want to know. So unfair. I grabbed my backpack and went out for a walk. On my way to the park, I saw a store that sold paint. That's when I had a genius idea. I knew that Daddy and Tommy were going down to the basement that night. So I hid behind the wall late that night, waiting for them. Soon I heard their cautious footsteps. Dad came to the door and started typing in the password, poking the buttons. Yes, he had replaced the regular lock with a keypad a few years ago. The door beeped softly and opened. Tommy and Dad disappeared into the basement. The door closed behind them. I went to the code lock. I took a small flashlight out of my pocket and it shined on the panel. It was no ordinary flashlight, but an ultraviolet one. It was the only way to see the colorless fluorescent paint with which I had pre-treated the buttons of the code lock. In the beam of the flashlight, I saw the numbers where my father had pressed no longer had paint on them. By simple calculation, I realized that the password was the date of the wedding with my mother. It was both cute and naive. I entered the password and voila, the door opened. I stepped inside, walking slowly down the stairs. Downstairs, the voices of my father and brother rang out. I hurried to hide behind the pile of bags. Dad turned on the presentation and started showing slide after slide. The slide showed a picture of a knight with his body covering a king from an arrow. Dad said loudly, And so, After saving King Richard from the arrow, the Brave Knight was awarded the nickname Brave. Tommy wondered, Wait, but our last name is Brave. So he's... Exactly. That's our ancestor, Sir Charles Brave. Dad walked over to some ancient chest and opened the lid. Then with a deft movement, he drew from it a sword and raised it above his head like a he-man. This beautiful sword was made of pure gold. It literally sparkled, illuminating the whole room. And now, according to his covenant, I give you this sword to keep. And then? Then you will give it to your son when he turns 18. Tommy carefully took the sword and gently stroked the blade. After admiring it, his brother put it in the chest. Dad and Tommy headed for the exit. After waiting a few more minutes, I left the basement too. Now that I know the secret, I could sleep soundly. The next day, when I barely opened my eyes, I saw Tommy in my room. He said with a sneer, you know what I found out yesterday? That you're using your brain at 2%. Laugh it up, laugh it up, but you can't learn the family secret. It's for men only. I threw a pillow at him. Get out of my room. His mockery was just the beginning. He'd been telling me all day about this super secret that I didn't deserve to know. I was sick of it, so I decided to punish my brother. At night, I went down to the basement. I opened the drawer, wrapped the sword in a towel, and took it to my room. I thought I'd hide it for a few days and see how Tommy reacts. I looked at the sword. It was gorgeous! I wonder how much something like that could cost. I tried to find something similar on the internet, but to no avail. Before I knew it, I was asleep with the sword in my arms. In the morning, I pretended to be sick and stayed in my room. After waiting for everyone to leave, I wrapped the sword again and went to the nearest pawn shop. Behind the counter stood an elderly man, the owner of the pawn shop. What do you want? He asked. I unfolded the towel, showing him the relic. How much could it be worth? Like this? The man began to stammer. He pulled himself together and answered. It costs $15,000. I can buy it right now. It's strange, but on the internet, I saw the price of $30 million. I said that amount at random, but the man bit his lip. I'm willing to give you $20 million. I almost fainted when I heard that. I'd have enough to pay my way through college. My parents would buy me a bigger house and car, and I'll buy Tommy a soccer ball. He's been wanting one for a long time. I was dreaming so much, I didn't notice the pawn shop owner came back with a full bag of money and some papers. He pointed his finger at the contract and said, Sign here. Keep in mind that the deal is not retroactive. Eh? You can't get the sword back. I honestly didn't know what I was doing. The money turned my head. As if in a dream, I signed right across from the pawn owner's signature. And then I watched mesmerized as the machine counted my millions. 1,100,000! 1,200,000! I don't even remember how I got home with the money. It's as if I wasn't doing it at all, but someone was controlling me. I only woke up in front of the bathroom mirror. I stared at my reflection for a long time. Tears crawled down my cheeks. What had I done? Daddy and Tommy are gonna kill me. I have to get the sword back somehow. Then my cell phone rang. Elizabeth Brave, it's the admissions office from the university. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. If you wanna study with us, you need to make a down payment of $30,000 within three days. I answered in an uncertain voice. I will transfer the whole amount today. I hung up the phone and immediately dove under the bed where I hid the money. I took out my bag and started counting out the necessary amount. Suddenly, the door creaked open. I turned around and saw the frozen figure of my brother. Where'd you get so much money? He asked. I told you to knock. Tommy stood still for a few seconds. Then he cried out sharply, Oh no! Tommy ran downstairs to the basement. I raked the money into my backpack without counting and ran out of the house. I ran until I saw the bank door. When I got inside, I ran up to the teller and emptied everything out of my backpack. I want to transfer the entire amount to the university account. I asked the teller to hurry up, but as luck would have it, I was caught by the slowest employee. As soon as the transaction was successfully completed, a car came to a halt under the window. My father burst into the bank. He jabbed his finger at me and shouted, Elizabeth Brave, get in the car immediately!" I obeyed his order. I obediently got in the car. There was Tommy sitting there, his eyes blank. Tommy had failed my father, and I had failed the whole family. I thought my father would scold me on the way home. But the ride was completely silent, which made it all the more frightening. We stopped at the house. When I went inside, I saw my mother. There was a bag of money on the table in front of her. How could you? She whispered, bursting into tears. Dad and Tommy were asking me the same thing. They told me the story of the brave knight and how that sword had been guarded by generations of braves. I was scolded, and I knew I was wrong. I roared at the impossibility of making it right. Suddenly, a loud knock on the door interrupted my father's monologue about the family heirloom. Dad went to the door and opened it. Standing on the doorstep was the very owner of the pawn shop. Behind him were two policemen. Suddenly, the man drew the sword he was hiding behind his back, pointed at me and shouted, You cheat! She was the one who stole from me. Arrest her! My whole family went into a stupor, waiting for the situation to develop. I shouted back, I didn't cheat! It was an honest transaction! Fair, You sold me a fake. Look at the sword. Papa snatched the sword from the man's hands. The sword was no longer golden and gleaming. It was the dark copper color. The man said, This sword is fake, covered in gold. It can't be. My father gave it to me. Daddy exclaimed. I made inquiries. It was your father who sold it. Dad fell to his knees, dropping the sword from his hands. All my life I've kept a fake. He whispered. I want my money back, or I'll put everybody in jail. One of the policemen came toward me. He was holding handcuffs in his hands, getting ready to fasten them on me. I shouted, Stop! He examined the goods and signed the contract, which is not retroactive. I handed the sheet to the policeman. He read the contract carefully, then showed it to the man and asked, Sir, is this your signature at the bottom? Yes, but it doesn't change anything. I ask you to leave the property, sir. You're breaking the law. What? No, you don't understand. The man shouted. He wanted to grab the bag, but the police officers immediately detained him. They handcuffed him and escorted him out of our house. One of the police officers said to my daddy one last time, sir, you have to register the income and pay the tax. Yes, yes, of course, said my distraught father. Dad sat down on the couch and stared at the money on the table. Clutching his head, he tried to rethink his whole life. There was a dead silence in the room. I think I got into university, I said smiling awkwardly. Everyone looked at me in surprise. That's the story. By the way, in a couple of days, Dad recovered from his shock and soon will move to a new house. I also convinced my father to go with my mother to the islands. He could use a break. Does your family have any secrets? Write in the comments if you've managed to find out any family secrets. Rate your likes and subscribe to the channel. Hi, friends! This story's gonna surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse, and it was all my fault. It's just the way I am, lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first i couldn't believe it i thought it was some kind of prank by the way that's what my parents thought too very funny sylvia smiled my mother where did you hide the camera in the sugar bowl except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank and in fact i had no idea what to do my parents never yelled at me so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning, and I locked myself in my room, listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though they were too different to enjoy each other's company mother was a very kind but extremely serious person with a decent profession a high-paying job and a classic american family aunt nikki on the other hand it was like she was stuck at the age of 18 dressed very strangely into mystical stuff sang mantras and never worked what do you live on nikki my mother was indignant every time I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week! This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me, and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia, he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. And what came of it? The best week in American history, I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. And I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, (laughs) appreciating the joke, but I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it okay not going in means not going in there were so many perks of living with my aunt we talked about everything we went for walks did yoga dancing like crazy to weird music and all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day then i accidentally overheard a conversation that i wasn't supposed to hear aunt nikki it turned out was helping people solve their problems No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia, more like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. I happened to be part of one of those consultations, going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up, a woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation, and we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money. I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers. She nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. (laughs) Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I like hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, The doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Halliwell, your five pizzas. They're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as i began to make a plan of action i had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what i wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny i would have been more specific if i didn't have a fat f in geography over the next couple of days i figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook early in the morning when my aunt was asleep she always slept so soundly And she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out, and it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side, and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool. Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich. You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are. The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook. What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia, I think he'll be displeased, and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully, that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again? Where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I loved my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses stop the horror immediately evaporated really i frowned and only now looking closely at my aunt i noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter in fact she wasn't holding back anymore aunt nikki was laughing like a madwoman, and i threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number sylvia come on it's no time to talk there was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. The Oscars were on their way, Mom, I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures, so she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school, to save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like.
3: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?